It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook where you'll find all of the podcast content. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that at 920-341-3775. If it sounds like I have a little bit of extra energy in my voice, it's because the Green Bay Packers beat the Miami Dolphins 31-12 Sunday afternoon in a game they desperately needed. I told you and was finally right <laughs> that this was a get-right game for the Packers. And and one of the things that I talked about was this defense coming through and, and dominating the game. And that was before we knew for sure Laramie Tunsil, Juwan James, and Ted Larson were going to be out. And they did. And we're going to talk about the defense a little bit later. But there is no way to talk about this story and talk about this game without talking about Aaron Jones because right from the start, he dominated this game. He ends with 15 carries, 145 yards. Yes, 15 carries, 145 yards, just a shade under 10 yards, a carry, two touchdowns, the first two-touchdown game of his career. He also caught three passes for 27 yards and five targets. Basically, every time he touched the ball, he got a first down. Every time he touched the ball, he got a chunk play, had the 67-yarder. And this was the game Packer fans were asking for. This is the game I was asking for. This is the game everyone in Planet Football was asking for, except apparently Mike McCarthy, and and even with what happened, there was a drive where at the end of the first half, for whatever reason, Mike McCarthy decided to put in Jamal Williams. Second and one run, he loses yards. Green Bay ends up turning the ball over on fourth down. Those are the kinds of decisions that continue to plague the Green Bay Packers. And this this final score, when you look at what they did in the second half, Green Bay, that was where they won this game. That was where they took this game over. It looked like early that they were just going to pull the pants of the Miami Dolphins down. Now, the first drive, 
Miami goes down, and it looks like they're going to at least get a field goal. Brock Osweiler whiffs one on a shotgun snap. Green Bay gets the ball. They march down. They score a touchdown. Green Bay gets a three and out. Jermon Williams, with a great return, fumbles the ball. But Green Bay's defense holds. Aaron Jones rips off the big play. They go up 14-3, and it looked like that was going to be that. Now, there was some sloppy play in this game, and we're going to get to the special teams and some of the the weirdness in this game. But I just want to stick to Aaron Jones for a second because I wrote last week for Acme Packing Company, the tent pole pieces for this team needed to play better and they needed to execute better. So that's Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, four catches, 57 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, we talked about his stat line. And Aaron Rodgers, although the numbers weren't gaudy, 19 of 28 for a buck 99, he had the two touchdowns, a 112 passer rating. He did what he needed to do in this game without Geronimo Allison and without Randall Cobb. Allison is going to be out indefinitely, but Cobb, it sounded like he was going to be ready to go, and he wasn't. And it seems unlikely he's going to be ready to go for Thursday. So what Green Bay did instead, and that's why game script-wise, it makes so much sense that that the Packers were able to run the ball with the kind of success that they did. What Mike McCarthy did was he said, okay, we only have really two and a half receivers we trust. Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and EQ is the half. They they don't trust Jamon Moore. So what Mike McCarthy did was, he put two tight ends on the field, three tight ends at times, and said, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to split out Lance Kendricks, we're going to split out Jimmy Graham, we're going to be diverse in the way that we deploy these guys, but we're going to play a lot of two tight end so that we don't have to worry about, is EQ in the right spot? Is Jamon Moore in the right spot? It doesn't matter if they're not on the field. So that was a really smart adjustment by Mike McCarthy. I know that that fans only want to hear the bad parts, but that was a great adjustment. And Mike McCarthy deserves credit for that. And there is no question it helped in having Aaron Jones have probably his best game as a pro. And and there are still going to be fans who quibble, well, he only had 15 carries. Okay. But as a team... 25 rushes, 195 yards. That's nearly 8 yards a carry. 28 passes, 199 yards, 7.1 yards per attempt. So they were actually more efficient per attempt running the ball. They ran it for almost 200 yards on the Dolphins. Aaron Rodgers didn't have to make all the plays. He didn't have to be Superman. He made a couple nice throws. You had the long goal-to-go completion to Devontae Adams when a when a penalty set them back, and they get the 25-yarder to Adams, who was wide open. Rodgers didn't play his best game. And I think that is something that, and we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers in a little bit, but the fact that he is still not quite back, still not 100% in terms of, the continuity of this offense. And they were still able to hang 31 points on not a good defense, but an okay defense. I think that says something about this team, where they can get to and what their ceiling is. It's also not a coincidence that they were four for four in the red zone and ran the ball with a lot of success. When you are able to play with balance, it 
makes your life in every part of the field so much easier, but especially in the red zone where those windows close down and defenses have a little bit more of an advantage. And for evidence of that, all you have to do is look at the other side of the field where the Dolphins failed to score a touchdown in any of their red zone trips and were held to field goals by this defense a number of times on quick change situations. The Packers having balance and having a healthy Aaron Rodgers, just that alone is going to make this red zone offense much better. And remember, I told you last week, this is a really good red zone defense. And it didn't matter for the Packers. Now, it helped that they got some, they used some big plays to get down in the scoring area. But that that is part of the deal. And there have been plenty of times this season where Green Bay has gotten down into position, gotten in close, and not been able to convert. Relying on Aaron Jones and trusting him, despite the fact that he had two false start penalties in this game, and, and Mike McCarthy mostly stuck with him, I think speaks to the fact that they're finally turning the corner on this. Aaron Jones is going to be the focal point of this running game. 15 carries, and you say, okay, that's not enough. And I, I thought, frankly, he could have gotten a few more. Jamal Williams only had three. Three carries for three yards. Now, he got some snaps. That's fine. I'm not saying don't play Jamal Williams, but I'm saying if Aaron Jones is rolling, let's keep it rolling with him. I don't understand why they need to they need to do subs by series and not by play. I continue to think that that is a, a, an important flaw in this offense. Mike McCarthy likes to he has packages of plays, and so he'll just say, "Okay, this is this is a package for Jamal Williams." And the, the plays do set up one another, and he doesn't always have time or have enough plays to get to all of those. This was not a heavy play game, although Green Bay on a per-play basis was very efficient, 6.9 yards per play, despite the fact that they had one fewer drive than the Dolphins. They got out-possessed in terms of the time of possession. I think time of possession can often be um, you know, a little bit of a misleading stat, but Green Bay only ran 55 plays in this game. Only 55 plays. And they still managed almost 400 yards of offense because, as I said, they were extremely efficient. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. 
This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, I want to I want to talk about the defense for a second because I I was really impressed after the first drive when when Green Bay really I felt like was embarrassed they got, they got dominated at the line of scrimmage they they gave up a thirty nine yard run to fifty six year old Frank Gore and I just thought well this is going to be an ugly game and green bay is going to have to win an ugly game and they're just not very good that was that was sort of the feeling that i had it and i think you can you can feel that right up until i mean it was 14-9 at halftime and then in in the third quarter green bay doesn't score for the first time on their first possession of the second half all season they still have the best percentage by the way but the first time all season they didn't score with their first drive in the second half. And the Dolphins get a field goal. And it's 14-12. And then what happens? Well, Green Bay closes the game on a 17 to nothing run. And part of that was because Green Bay consistently forced field goals. Tremont Williams fumbles. They hold the Dolphins to a field goal. Green Bay has a punt blocked in their deep in their own territory. The Packers hold to a field goal. Those sorts of quick possession defensive possessions are critical to winning a football game, especially in a game where Green Bay did have those turnovers. They had the punt block. They had the special teams fumble. And and I don't know what else needs to be said. I don't know what else they need to see. I don't know what else needs to happen for Ron Zook to no longer be the special teams coach in Green Bay. He is the only guy in the league who has an offensive lineman back returning kicks ever since they changed the wedge rule where you can't have two-man wedges anymore. So every team has a fullback or a tight end back there instead of an offensive lineman because, by the way, if you kick it to that guy, he's going to pick it up and probably fumble, which is what Lucas Patrick did. But week after week now, special teams gaffes, special teams miscues. Multiple miscues in this game. And Green Bay's defense held in the red zone, where they hadn't been particularly great. They get their first red zone turnover in 25 games, their first red zone sack in 31 games. This defense situationally was much better, and they should be. This is an inferior opponent. This is Brock Osweiler, backup offensive lineman, and Frank Gore. Green Bay should have no problem handling this defense, but they got six sacks on Osweiler. They got the interception from Bashad Breland that set up a touchdown. 
And they had a couple other picks that they were frankly dropped. Raven Green dropped a pick. Jair Alexander had a near interception. Josh Jackson, who had just a miserable game. I mean, just a miserable game. And and I'm I'm gonna call for patience with Jackson. I want everyone to understand he is a young corner who played almost exclusively in zone coverage in his one year as a collegiate starter. He is a tremendous athlete with instincts and ball skills. I'm not convinced he is a cornerback for the Green Bay Packers. He might be a safety, as Chris Collinsworth alluded to on the telecast last week against the Patriots. Uh, you know, I, I could see a scenario where this, the safeties next year are Josh Jackson and a free agent. Now, they could also be Josh Jones. Josh Jones came in in this game and was playing linebacker next to Blake Martinez. I loved that. Not Oren Burks. Jermaine Whitehead no longer on the team. It was Josh Jones. And he, I thought he played pretty well. I'll have to, you know, the 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 film says what the film says. And we'll have to wait for the All-22 to say for sure. But I thought Jones was in position a lot to make plays. He was a sure tackler most of the night. Kentrell Bryce ankle injury. We don't know what his status is. It seems unlikely. It's, it looked like a serious injury. It seems unlikely he would play against Seattle. And... They're a team that likes to throw the ball to the running back, a team that likes to throw the ball to the tight ends. And so they're going to need Josh Jones. They're going to need him to play. I really like the the Jones as the Jermaine Whitehead or the, you know, the, the sort of dime linebacker look, even though he's not in a true dime. He was able to come through and make some plays. We didn't worry about what happened with Tremont Williams. He, we heard, hardly even heard his name called because he wasn't a liability. That's all he needs to be. I said this on a show uh, earlier. Just don't be bad. Just don't be terrible. That's all Green Bay needs from their safety because this cornerback group is really solid. And I know Josh Jackson didn't play well, but Jair Alexander did. Bashad Breland did. The Packers got some good snaps from Tony Brown when Bashad Breland went out. I think Brown, who's an extremely physically gifted player, he might be further along as a cover corner right now in man coverage, especially than Josh Jackson, because he played man at Alabama. And so he has experience in doing the kinds of things that Mike Patton is asking him to do. That unsportsmanlike conduct penalty he got against Detroit was such a bad call. I felt like the the other unsportsmanlike conduct, the, the ball carrier where he hit him as he was going out of bounds, he was two steps inbounds. I thought that was a weak call as well. I think Tony Brown can have a role on this team, potentially as a hybrid player. They've got a lot of versatility in this secondary, and even without Kevin King, they were able to make a lot of plays. They were able to get in passing lanes. They were able to disrupt receivers at the catch point. And Breland got the pick. They had a couple other opportunities to get to Osweiler. They weren't able to do it. But I think Green Bay should be really encouraged about where this secondary is, as young as they are. And I think we're going to look back at Bashad Breland signing, and especially if he re-signs, which I think is is getting to be a bigger possibility, especially if Josh Jackson, it turns out, is a safety. We're going to look back and go, how was Bashad Breland available? And we know why, because of the injury. But that could be a, a turning point moment in Green Bay's season because they would have had to play with Tony Brown on the outside instead of Bashad Breland. I mean, they were down 
to it with Devon House's injury, now Kevin King's injury, having to play rookies already to have a veteran like Bashad Breeland. Maybe they can't move Tremont Williams to safety, which I think was the right move, if not for the Bashad Breeland signing. And I think that could turn out to pay huge dividends for the Packers down the road. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. I, I want to close the show by talking about Aaron Rodgers a little bit because there was an interesting column from Pete Doherty in the Green Bay Press-Gazette about whether or not Aaron Rodgers has confidence in Mike McCarthy. And longtime listeners of this show will know that I have long believed that Aaron Rodgers has lost faith in McCarthy's ability to call plays. And I don't think the scheme is bad. I think Rodgers can watch the film and see that the scheme is not the problem. In most cases, it's the play call. It's the deployment of those schemes. It's the personnel used in those schemes. And you look at what was said about Aaron Jones after the game. I mean, Devontae Adams went on a soliloquy about Aaron Jones. Byron Bell said, aside from Zeke Elliott, Aaron Jones is the best back that he's ever played with. And he played with DeMarco Murray. He played with D'Angelo Williams in his prime, Jonathan Stewart in his prime. Those are those are big-time running backs. And he compared Aaron Jones to Zeke Elliott. Right now, with a minimum 150 carries, Aaron Jones has the highest yard per carry average in NFL history. I think not playing him is part of the problem for Aaron Rodgers when it comes to how he feels about Mike McCarthy. And none of that is to say that is a, a cause for some of the issues that Aaron Rodgers is having this season. He is missing throws we expect him to make. And not reads, not, you know, he's not making poor reads. He's not getting happy feet in the pocket. He's just missing throws. He had Marquez Valdez-Scantling running wide open for a big play, threw it behind him, it almost got picked. He has Equinemia St. Brown running down the left sideline on a go route. He, he underthrows it. Two miscommunications with Devontae Adams on sideline routes, whether they were goes or back shoulders. Once, Devontae ran the go, Rodgers threw the back shoulder. Another, Devontae ran the back shoulder, Rodgers threw the go. Those are things that can't still be happening. And I don't don't know if those are functions of Aaron trying to make a play. 
if that is a function of him not being at practice because he's hurt. But Aaron Rodgers has not played his best football this season, and the stats don't really tell the whole story. It's it's not a great completion percentage for him on the season. It would end up being the lowest of his career, I believe. If it happened over the course of the season, he is one of the least accurate quarterbacks in football in terms of how often he is throwing off target. According to ESPN, it's Mitch Trubisky, two rookies, and Tom Brady. That's the list. It's a, it's a bizarre list. The fact that this team won a game and didn't just win a game but dominated a game for the most part, even with a couple sloppy penalties and Aaron Rodgers not playing great, for whatever you want to say about the Miami Dolphins, they're a 5-4 and four team that have beaten some quality opponents, beat the Chicago Bears with Brock Osweiler, that they were able to win this game in impressive fashion without Aaron Rodgers playing his best football would be a reason to believe that this team can still go on a second-half run. And I said last week, beating the hell out of the Dolphins is not going to prove this team is capable of being an NFC contender. Not beating the hell out of the Dolphins is going to be really solid evidence that this team's season is just cooked. But what I find fascinating is Aaron Rodgers has not played his best football. And Aaron Jones is getting going. And if he continues to get going, Green Bay can get the play-action game going. It's going to make Aaron Rodgers' life easier. And if Randall Cobb gets healthy, and if he starts to build some more trust with these rookies, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, was tied for the team lead in targets, led the team in catches, caught six of his seven targets, including a shoestring catch from Aaron Rodgers on an off-target throw. Those are plays that as he makes them, Rodgers is going to build trust with him. As he, he builds trust there, as Aaron Jones continues to run the ball, maybe Aaron gets a little bit more confidence in this offense. And we saw it in 2016 during Run the Table. He felt like they were getting close They got some stuff working against Washington, and the the offense took off. Maybe this is the week where they got some things going. Aaron Jones gets the run game on track, and that sets up everything that Green Bay wants to do with Mike McCarthy's offense and the play-action game. They were able to get to some play-action looks in this game. I think it's something they can even do more because especially with the way that this running game is going now, I mean, you can just absolutely destroy defenses with that kind of stuff you can have a really good play action game without a good running game it's about the fake and the play design and and when you're calling it but when you are running the ball well you don't even have to time the play call well or have a good play design all you need is a good run game and Green Bay can have that and they do have that they've had one of the most efficient running games in the league all season so to put up 31 points go four for four in the red zone and beat the daylights out of a, a, a legitimate NFL team and your all-world quarterback still isn't quite on track, that's the kind of position you want to be in if you're Green Bay moving forward because that means there's more ceiling here. They can play better offensively. They can put 40 points on the board. They can do what the Saints did and the Steelers did and put 50 on the board. Imagine a game where both Aaron's play like Aaron Jones did on Sunday. And some of this is protection. The interior offensive line, they are infinitely better as run blockers than than pass blockers. But use that to Green Bay's advantage. Run the ball and use play action to, to keep those interior rushers 
out of the lap of Aaron Rodgers. As the run game goes and there's a little bit more balance, this whole offense can get better. And if the red zone offense continues to be efficient, that's all Green Bay really needs because they've been moving the ball all season. They've been creating yards. On a per-play basis, this has been a top 10 offense, top 5 offense all season. It's the red zone where they've bogged down. Well, you go four for four, you start to run the ball better in the red zone especially, and now those things can start to change. And instead of an eighth, a ninth offense, suddenly you're a third, you're a fourth. And this defense is starting to coalesce. Mike Patton is really hitting his stride, I think. Remember, it took a couple trick plays for New England to move the ball. Green Bay really did some nice things against the Rams And I think they have better athletes on the field now, even with Tremont Williams replacing HaHa Clinton-Dix. I've said that before. I think Josh Jones can be a useful piece for them in the safety group. I would love to see them work Tony Brown in a little bit more. Put Put him at corner, maybe let him get some time at safety, which is the position I thought he might need to play coming out of college. There are still a lot of adjustments Green Bay can make. They can be better. And the fact that they're now 4 4 and one with the chance to, to bank some wins here, really puts them in a nice position as they go with a short week for Seattle this week. And we're going to have to jump right into that tomorrow. No Expert Tuesday. We're going we're gonna to start our discussion of the Seahawks tomorrow with a scouting report. We're going to do crossover Wednesday and then Thursday, injury reports, look-aheads, all that stuff we need to do. I'm, I'm hoping to get one more interview in for Thursday as we as we look to preview the Seahawks and then Friday we'll get to the game that is that is all coming up this week on a condensed week and then a mini buy before go, going to Minnesota and I think that could be a, a really important extra few days to game plan to get healthy all those things for Green Bay to set up a critical NFC North matchup with the Vikings remember you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski Stay locked on the Twitter feed all week for analysis of this game and looking ahead towards Seattle. Remember, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Leave a review there so people see us on Facebook. Share a show that you like. Tell a friend about Locked On Packers. Help our show, our community, continue to grow as the top NFL show on the Locked On Podcast Network. And speaking of growing, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave a review. Let other people know. When people click on Locked on Packers, let them see your review of why you listen every day because that's what makes us unique. That's what makes us different. We are here every day in short, digestible bites about your favorite team. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline to leave a comment, leave a movie review, ask a question, whatever it is, you can hit us up with the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775 to let us know how you are staying Locked On Packers.